Welcome to Mile High Magazine with your hosts, Adam Morgan, Murphy Houston, and Melissa Moore. Mile High Magazine takes a look at the issues and people shaping Colorado, presented by the Public Affairs Department of Bonneville, Denver. Now, here's your host, Melissa Moore. Melissa Moore and welcome to Mile High Magazine on this Sunday morning. Glad to have you with us and excited to talk with Kristen Harness from Extended Hands of Hope. She is the founder and chief executive officer. We've talked with you before, but mm-hmm. welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. I love coming here. I love having you here. So let's talk a little bit uh, for folks that don't know about mm-hmm. what exactly is Extended Hands of Hope. Yep. Extended Hands of Hope is a local 501c3 nonprofit. And in October, we will have been around for six years. And so we offer safe housing and supportive services, community-based outreach, advocacy, and education to survivors of sex trafficking. And I think sex trafficking has obviously been in the news a lot. Yes, Um, which is good. Which is good. I mean, I I think for me, every time I see one of the stories, I think of you and your organization Mm -hmm. And I and I know that the statistics are staggering. They're upsetting to hear. So let's start first off with exactly what is sex trafficking, because I don't feel like everybody has a clear idea of what that means. So there's basically three forms of sex trafficking. So there's child sex trafficking, which is, according to federal law, anybody that's under the age of 18 that is involved in any way, shape or form in the commercial sex industry can be considered a sex trafficking victim. And then there's labor trafficking. Mm -hmm. And then there is adult trafficking. And so adult sex trafficking, you have to prove force, fraud, or coercion. So if there is somebody that is being forced to perform sex acts Mm -hmm. in, whether that's in stripping or whether that's in prostitution or pornography and different ways like that, if there's force, fraud, or coercion, then that would, by law, be considered sex trafficking. And one of the big, the Epstein yep. trial. Yes. That never went to trial. Yes. But that case and the attention that it got, I'm sure you were, weren't that surprised, were you? No, not at all. I mean, these kinds of men, these powerful, wealthy men, um, it doesn't surprise me that they were involved in sex trafficking in any way. I think it's really great that... This came to light and that there's being light shed on it because it's hard now for people to deny that this is Mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, buyers of sex trafficking, they can be from any type of race, any type of background, any type of socioeconomic background. But a lot of people want to think that this kind of stuff is just happening, you know, in poverty stricken areas or places like seedy hotels. But that's not true. It's also happening um, within within the wealthy um, yeah. environments. Well, and you think about this man had his own private island. Yep. Private jets. Yeah. I mean, he had the money at his disposal. Mm-hmm. And once again, these were all allegations. I can't say he was found guilty because, you know, he took his own life. But I think a lot of people, when they saw the people he was friends with, went, whoa. Right. Yes. Hold on a minute. Yep. It kind of gave a different face, I think, to sex trafficking mm-hmm. here in the U.S. and what that looked like. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And um, I find it to be interesting that he, you know, quote unquote, committed suicide. A lot of people speculate that that may not be the case because he was maybe on the verge of sharing Mm -hmm. some names that uh, 
you know, probably didn't want to get out to the public. I think, you know, that's on a national, international level. But mm-hmm. Expanded Hands of Hope is right here in Colorado. Yep. And you were sharing with me some of the statistics of sex trafficking here in Colorado. And it's yeah. shocking that this mm-hmm. is going on in our own backyard. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, getting solid numbers is really difficult just because this is a hidden crime. It's a it's a dark crime. Um But there are, I know, literally thousands of boys and girls that are being trafficked, being exploited, and then even more that are at risk of being trafficking just because of the vulnerable environments that they're in. I'll tell you, one of the, and I can't remember if it was you or someone else I interviewed regarding this, was telling me the DTC is one of the hottest areas. For that was me, yeah. Um, according to our law enforcement partners that we work with, the typical average buyer here in the Denver area is actually a Caucasian male ages 40 to 45 married with two children and um, has an income around seventy to hundred thousand dollars and again buyers of sex come from all different types of backgrounds all different types of right. areas around the Denver metro area but this is your your typical buyer and I think it's really important that we start talking about that because I do too as it's basic economics without demand, there would not have to be a supply. And unfortunately, there's sex trafficking of children because there is a demand Mm -hmm. for sex with children. And that is unacceptable. And we don't talk about it enough. We talk about the victims all the time. Right. For me as a parent, I correct. You're a parent. It makes me sick. It makes me sick too. But this, that's the thing is when I talk to people about this, it is, it's such a difficult, difficult mm-hmm. subject to talk about, but right. it is the reality. And if we don't allow ourselves to actually feel uncomfortable and actually embrace that and mm-hmm. do something about it, we cannot continue to just have a blind eye to it and close our ears, close our eyes and pretend like it's not happening because it is. And the problem is when you're talking about a typical kind of buyer like this, these are everyday people that are around us. These are our neighbors. These are our teachers. These are businessmen all around us. These are pastors. These are people that are working in restaurants, grocery mm-hmm. stores. I mean, everywhere you're going, these are people that are you're married to. That's your family members, you know, your uncle, Mm -hmm. whatever. Like, it's the reality. Right. And so we need to we need to start talking about it. And I know we do because I have shared that fact that you had shared with me with other people and they just Mm -hmm. look at me and they're dumbfounded. They're like, why have we never heard that? Yeah. And I said, because I think it has that ooh factor. It has that, oh, my gosh, this makes me want to just be sick. Yeah. And so when you're talking about and I know you get your stats from working with law enforcement, 40 Mm -hmm. to 45 year old Caucasian merit male married with two children yeah is that a buyer for child sex trafficking yes okay. yes and it's important to um, differentiate that that definitely makes you look at things a little bit differently yes. and once again these are all conversations that we need to have yes we do i think when i saw you last um robert Kraft, yep. who owns the uh, patriots had just been busted for going to a massage parlor mm-hmm. and once again everything's alleged i can't say he was found guilty because i don't feel like that's even I don't remember trial. yeah yeah I feel like something different had happened yeah. but when that story happened you heard the term sex trafficking mm-hmm. a lot yeah and I remember talking to you like massage parlors you know you always hear but I never mm-hmm. thought about those women being forced into it yes oh yeah absolutely Colorado has a big problem with um, massage parlors specifically Asian ma- massage parlors okay and women coming here from China and actually coming from China to New York and then coming to Denver Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's a really big problem here. I don't know a whole lot about right. um, massage parlors, but I hear stories whenever we're in meetings sure. and hearing from law enforcement and 
um, they're very difficult to track because if they they know that um, they've been found out or if they've been busted, then they just move to a different location. That's what somebody else was telling me. Yeah. They just pick up and they go. Yeah. I mean, these women, they don't speak English. They don't have the passports. They're scared. If the law enforcement approaches them and asks them if they're a victim of, of sex trafficking or human mm-hmm. trafficking, they're like, one, what is sex trafficking and human trafficking? I don't even know what that is. And right. two, no. You know, this is my job. This is what I was brought here for. They're, they don't understand that right. they're actually being victimized. And yeah. so it's really difficult to call someone something sex trafficking too when you're not getting um, the victim actually saying that they're being victimized or held against their will as well. So So I think everybody now has kind of a better idea of sex trafficking, what's going on within our state. And so Extended Hands of Hope comes along and you provide safe housing. Yep. And what else do you do to help these men and women? We really typically work with minors right now. And so we work with girls ages 11 to 17 in our safe home, which is called Avanti House. And at Avanti House, girls can stay for 24 hours or they can stay for 24 months. And at the home, they're, it's a treatment home. So they're receiving individualized treatment. And so that includes education. We have a licensed on-site school called Forward Learning Academy. A lot of the girls are behind in school, anywhere from two to sometimes six years behind in school. And so our school is really focused on credit recovery. So it's not that we're trying to get these girls to graduate high school or get their GED while they're with us. What we're trying to do is trying to get them up to the grade that they should be at. Okay. And then also we have an on-site therapist, a full-time therapist. And so she offers individual therapy and group therapy and family therapy while the girls are with us and then of course life skills teaching them things like keeping a clean house hygiene cooking um, and kind of anything else that those girls need it's a very individualized program which Mm -hmm. is really great and then we also just launched our community program in november of 2018 and the really cool thing about the community program is even if a girl stays with us for 10 months let's say and she transitions out to a safe family member Because of what she's been through, 100% of the girls that we work with have a past history of sexual abuse, okay? And so you've got somebody who has a past history of sexual abuse. On top of that was trafficked, sometimes by their own family. Even if they're with us for 10 months, the reality is they have a lifelong journey of healing. And so the community program is awesome because when they transition out, we can continue to offer a lot of the same services. So therapy, advocacy, case management, mentorship, stuff like that with the girls for really however long we need to be in those girls' lives. And then also the community program works with survivors that are needing services like ours, but don't necessarily need residential care. And so I'm really excited about that. Um, There, again, are literally thousands of girls that we could be helping with that. And so I'm excited for that to grow. And then we also just opened up a social enterprise called Simply Good Cakery. And we've been working on this cakery for about 18 months now. We always knew from the very beginning of even starting Extended Hands of Hope that we wanted to open a social enterprise. Basically, a social enterprise is a for-profit business that's used for good. Jobs and training and all of that as well. Exactly. Yeah. So the Cakery, we just launched in July. It has three goals. The first goal is to use those cupcakes to raise awareness about human trafficking. Because like what we were talking about, human trafficking is, again, it's a dark topic. It's a heavy topic. And so we wanted something that was fun and lighthearted to be able to raise awareness about human trafficking. And that's what we use these cupcakes for because cupcakes are beautiful and delicious and they're fun. Everybody loves them. Everybody loves them. And so 
what's cool is we get to take these cupcakes and go into businesses and go meet people that we normally wouldn't be able to meet or interact with just coming as a nonprofit Mm -hmm. because they're buying cupcakes from us. And as we're giving them their cupcakes, their order, we're talking to them about our work. We're talking to them about human trafficking and we're raising awareness about it. The second thing goal is to raise money for our overall programming. So this is used as another funding stream. Um, It's expensive, the work that we do, because it's very intensive. It's Mm -hmm. very high level. And so this is another funding stream for us. And then the third and really most important piece of it is we offer now job training to adult survivors of sex trafficking ages 18 to 30. And so that program is going to officially kick off October 1st, and it's going to be a combined culinary program. So they're going to learn kitchen skills, inventory, budgeting in the kitchen, all that kind of good stuff. And they're going to work. They're going to help with packaging, piping, everything. And then the other side of it is the therapeutic side. And so really it's a work environment that's conducive to healing from sex trafficking because there's a lot of common barriers to sustainable employment Mm -hmm. when you've been a victim of sex trafficking. So I'm really excited about that. We're going to offer therapy, um, case management, advocacy, classes, financial literacy, computer literacy. It's going to be great. So at the end of the year program, the goal is that they're going to be able to graduate the program and they can either apply to work with us if we have any open positions or to work with any of our restaurant partners that we're going to have, or of course they can go do whatever they would like to do. Right, because they've got great training now. Yes, exactly. some great life skills. I love everything you're doing. Uh, We've only got about a minute and a half left. So let's talk a little bit about a big fundraiser coming up called Eat Up Denver. Tell me about it and uh, what's going to happen. Yep, Eat Up Denver is taking place September 28th and it's our fifth year and it's really awesome event. It's our largest fundraiser of the year. We bring together local chefs. We have an incredibly brave survivor survivor speaking. She worked at the home and she also just has a really incredible story of redemption and healing. And we have a silent auction, live auction, and it's really a lot of fun. And so tickets are on sale now. We have a VIP hour from five to six, which is your own exclusive VIP lounge, exclusive chef. Um, And also a really cool feature is we are featuring our cupcakes at our VIP hour. And so all money raised, of course, goes back into our programs. And so VIP tickets are 300, general admissions 150. But it's taking (laughs) place September 28th at, at the Falls Event Center in Littleton. Perfect. So we're still, we're close to a month out. That's a Saturday night. Yes. Perfect. And to get these tickets. How do you do that? Yes, thank you for asking. So tickets are available at extendedhandsofhope.org. And we are also trying to use the money to um, help us purchase the land and the safe home that we're using now so that we can build more homes and we can help more people. Great organization. As you can tell, I so enjoy talking with you. Thank you so much for coming in here. Kristen Harness, Extended Hands of Hope. Once again, that website extendedhandsofhope.org. And you can always listen again to this podcast, share this podcast, get Mm -hmm. the message and the word out there about the great work they're doing, but also about sex trafficking and what it looks like here in Colorado. I think it's an important message. I'm Melissa Moore. It is Mile High Magazine. Thanks for spending your Sunday with me.